Welcome back to Strewn Along the Path, where I just talk about random things. Once again, I'm traveling, so I thought I'd record some more. I was trying to figure out what the heck to talk about. And then I thought I haven't really talked about the TV shows that I watch. So I'm not really sure how to go about it, whether to start from the last show I watched down to uh, whatever, but uh, I'll just start talking about shows. So I will start with the last one, actually. The last show that I watched was the season one and unfortunately the series finale of Forever. Uh, Forever was a show that starred Eod Grafud. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He was Horatio Hornblower in the BBC movies. He was Mr. Fantastic in the first couple Fantastic Four movies. I've, I like him as an actor. I think he, he does well. I didn't really care for him as Mr. Fantastic, as I've talked about before. Uh, but I think most of that was due to the writing, and they made him really into a doofus-type character. Uh, not the kind of Mr. Fantastic I grew up reading in the Fantastic Four. Not to say that he always makes the best decisions, especially when it comes to to people and emotions and those types of things. But he isn't really, he is not an absent-minded professor, kind of the way they made him out to be in those movies. But again, I, I like Yoda as an, as an actor, I think he does a really good job. And he did really, really well in this TV show, Forever. Uh, if you don't know the, the storyline, or let, let me give you a brief synopsis of the, the premise of this show. So, essentially, it's a police procedural where he is the medical examiner for a New York police station, one of the precincts there. And so he's kind of a Quincy <laughs> type character, if you if you remember back in the 70s when Quincy was a TV show. But he and uh, one particular partnership of, of cops, most particularly Joe, and she is the, the senior detective, I guess. Kind of like Kate Beckett, I guess, on Castle. Uh, Castle is, is probably a good... Uh, comparison on what the kind of show that it is there there's similarities to castle uh, but not totally he's a different character and there's definitely differences in the char- characters and the things that are going on um, so at the base level that's what it is it's a police procedural with huh i can't even think of the character's name i just think of him as eod anyway he is He's the medical examiner, and he helps the police fight crimes. And he's very, very smart and sees things that other people doesn't see. And so you might you might be thinking to yourself, okay, this reminds me of Mentalist. This reminds me of, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock. This reminds me of Elementary. You know, it's it's this type of character that sees things differently and figures things out before the police do, uh, but. At least in this case, he is a medical examiner, and he does have some smarts. And there's another reason why he's so wise and smart and can figure things out. It's because he's also an immortal. So there's a speculative element to this as well. He is an immortal that's lived for hundreds of years. I believe the first time he dies, and I'll, I'll explain this as I go, he was shot on a slave ship coming across to America and he didn't know that his family was into the slave trade he was the son of the owner of the shipping company and when he finds out he tries to stop the slave trade or stop the ship or free the slaves or whatever and he ends up getting shot and falls overboard so this is probably in the, what, the early 1700s? I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to ask Simon Salt 
what time frame that would be. Uh, but what happens is he's died several times over the years. And every time he dies, he disappears and he wakes up in the water where near where, where he's at. And so they're living in New York. So he ends up when he dies, he ends up coming back to life in the Hudson river. I believe naked as a jaybird, <laughs> no clothes, no anything. And that leads to some problems and questions regarding why he would be swimming naked in the river. But anyway, he's this, this is who he is. And he's, He's obsessed with death. He's obsessed with finding out why people die and how people die. He's, you know, he's experienced death in many different ways. And so he has a lot of, a lot of firsthand knowledge that nobody else can have about death and how you die and those types of things. And that's why he is such a great medical examiner, right? And that's why he knows so many things. And he lives in an antique, he lives with his son who's older in age, at least his son's body has aged old to be older than he is physically. And uh, the, his son is played by Judd Hirsch, who I think is a great actor. I've enjoyed his uh, various shows over the years as well. And it, it's a perfect, it's a really neat relationship between this father and son, especially with the age difference where the son is physically older than the father. And so he owns an antique shop and, and, you know, years ago, basically as a, when a, as a soldier doctor in world war two, he fell in love with this girl and they decided to adopt this Jewish baby whose parents had been killed in the, in the Nazi concentration camps. And they adopt him as, as their son and raise him and, and whatnot, 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 whatnot. So that's the back history, but the, there's a mystery behind the Abe's mother. I can remember the son's name, but not the father's. So a, Abe's mother is disappeared at some point, and they don't know where she is. She's she just disappeared, um, and that is kind of resolved on the, in the last couple episodes of the show, which is is nice. You know, I don't know if they had prior knowledge before they finished shooting whether the show would be canceled or whether it would continue. But they did definitely tie up a lot of loose ends at the end of season one. And it ended up being the, the only season for the show. But I thought it was a really good show. And, and one of the parts that I really liked is that toward the beginning of the show, you would just hear like a voiceover of the doctor. <laughs> he's not Doctor Who. He's not the doctor, but he's the doctor. Um, but he, there's this voiceover of him talking, you know, just about life and, and, uh, you know, different things, the human nature, those types of things. And it would tie into the, the mystery that they were solving that week. And at the end, a lot of times there would be a voiceover kind of explaining the things that he's learned or whatever. And so it's, it's a good show, Re really good characters in it. Um, that, you know, he has a, a junior medical examiner there and, uh, you know, of course the doc, this doctor is very different than everybody else. He's kind of eccentric to everybody's mind, but he's really good at what he does. Ooh, he's really good at what he does and what he does. Is it nice? No, sorry. That's somebody else. But again, I, I endorse this show. I think it was it's really sad that it's not going to come back into the, into a second season. You know, I don't, I don't know. Obviously the ratings were bad for it. It was on ABC. And I don't remember when it came on. It was probably on like a Wednesday or Thursday night at nine o'clock or something like that. And I don't know. We just caught it on the DVR. So I'm not quite sure. And it took us a while to watch the last few episodes. We actually had to catch it on, uh, on demand. But anyway, it's, it's a really good show. There ends up being another immortal that lived several years before Henry. Henry's his name. Ha, I remembered. His name was Henry. And he learns about Henry and, and you know, kind of stalks him 
and leaves him messages and whatever. So there's a lot of that intrigue there. And he's not a nice guy. He was tortured uh, during World War II uh, because of his ability to, to heal and to live again. And so he was tortured again and again. And uh, so he's he was left uh, with being a not-too-nice person. And they, they do a good job. They did leave room for if there was... A second season so maybe they didn't know that it was going to be canceled they, they tied up a lot of loose ends but they did leave it to where things could come back um, this this other immortal character could come back possibly and you know of course there was some uh, romantic tension between the, the medical examiner and Joe the detective and there's there's pieces of that towards the end and anyway if you see it on netflix or you you see it somewhere else i i would recommend watching the entire season it, it was really good i i like the acting i like the writing uh it was just my kind of show i guess in my mind it's 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 better than like the mentalist or what was that other one life that was a good show was it life? Anyway, there was another show where the guy knew everything that the detectives didn't know. It's on par with Castle, a different type of show, uh, but enjoyable. Uh, of course, Castle's still going. Uh, watched Castle all season. I enjoy um, that show. That that's one that that we all watch together. Um, the kids as well sometimes but my wife and I definitely watch it let's see what's another show that I was keeping track of oh I guess a, a show that uh, it's kind of a mixed bag I started to watch Gotham which I think was on Fox and the premise behind it is this is a young Jim Gordon know when he's just kind of a rookie cop and he comes into Gotham and has to deal with all the corruption and everything and there's they they bring in all of these uh, Batman villains before there's a Batman Bruce Wayne is it is a child is a boy and his parents are killed in the first episode and he's a character on the show Um, so it's just him and I almost said Jarvis (laughs) let's see it's him and Alfred, you know, at the Wayne Manor, and it's interesting. But anyway, so they but they bring in the Penguin as kind of this young, deformed guy that's caught up in the the different uh, organized crime units, um, and he's very he's very I don't know tenacious, and he's able to weasel his way in to work both sides or three sides of, of those organized crime families and different things. And he was an interesting character. The actor is different. Is it is a different, it's, it's a totally different take on the penguin. And I think, you know, he became kind of the, the second part, the second star of the show, um, watching the, the progress of, of the penguin. Jade Pinkett Smith. Is it Pinkett? Jade Smith, Jade Pinkett Smith, is uh, part of this this crime organization as well. She's Fish Mooney, and I don't know. I I really wanted to like her character, but she was just very overplayed. Just kind of went. She she took it a little too far, I think, in her acting, overacting maybe, of it. So she was interesting. But the, the penguin wasn't. But anyway, so Jim Gordon has his partner. And, uh, you know, the partner's corrupt too. But they kind of establish a relationship um, over over the course of the show. And then you have Ed Edward Nigma, who's actually the uh, on the forensic unit for the police station. And he's just a weird duck. You know, he's, he's just always kind of following you. And, and he does ask people riddles and he's just very awkward and, and uh, he's an interesting guy too um, 
and you know the, the, they just kind of keep bringing these characters um selena kyle is a young girl and she's kind of on the streets and and uh you know she she does steal and does do things that are wrong but she witnessed the murder of the wayne uh parents or whatever um so she's she's kind of a witness and jim gordon kind of follows her because he promised bruce that he would find out who killed his parents and he's going to stick by his promise and who else do they throw in there from the batman villains uh i can't remember oh ivy (laughs) is another girl on the streets uh she had an abusive father and i think she they, they, she was like in the second episode or whatever, and she'd pop up every now and again. Um, so it's it's an intriguing show, you know. It's it's pulling on all of this, you know, Batman lore and these characters, giving them a different kind of take on it. And you know, there is Arkham Asylum. Jim Gordon is is demoted to to the prison for a while. I don't know. Uh, did I like the show? It was interesting. It was kind of interesting to watch. It wasn't like, oh, I have to watch the next Gotham to see what happens. But it was kind of like, eh, you know, if I don't have anything else to do, it's kind of a fun show to keep up with. Um, It did get a second season. I didn't finish out the first season. I was probably a little bit over mid-season, and they just kind of kept filling up on the DVR, and I never got a chance to watch the rest of those. Um, I guess they'd still be on the DVR if we hadn't just turned it in because we're moving. So there was that show. So that's kind of a match. That's kind of an in-between show. It wasn't great, but it, it wasn't a bad show. I probably would have stopped watching it before if, if, if it was a really bad show. Uh, sticking with the superhero theme, definitely kept up with Arrow and The Flash. This was The Flash's first season. They kind of introduced him on the second season of Arrow last year and before he got his powers, when he was trying to investigate uh, the murder of his mother. So I'll do Flash first and then go back and talk about Arrow. Let's do a Flash review of the show, shall we? (laughs) So, you know, he is Barry Allen. He lives in Central City. He's also a uh, forensics guy, a, a at the police station. He, when he was a young boy, he witnessed the killing of his mother. Uh, he came downstairs and there was a red and a yellow flash going all around the room. All you could see was yellow and red, you know, blurs or whatever going around the room. And the mother was stuck in the middle of the room, screaming and scared. And his father was there. And then all of a sudden, Barry Allen disappears and he finds himself in the down the road away from his house on the sidewalk somewhere and comes back to the house and his mother is dead and the cops are there arresting his father for the for the murder of his mother and so he grew up with an orphan essentially because his father was in prison and his mother was killed and uh, another guy, another police officer named Joe, except this time it's a man named Joe, uh, takes him in to his family, and he has a daughter named Iris. And so Barry and, and Iris grow up together, and secretly Barry loves Iris, but he can't tell her. It's just too hard because he has that strange relationship because they're kind of brother and sister, but he thinks he loves her in a different kind of way. So that's going on. And then, anyway, so Barry, there's uh, Star Labs, has this huge super collider, and there's an accident, and it puts a wave out through the whole city and causes a lot of damage and, and things. And uh, th- this at this time, Barry Allen uh, gets struck by lightning as this wave goes by. He falls into a bunch of chemicals. And anyway, he's in a coma for a long time. When he wakes up, he has these super speed flash powers. He's, he's, he can run fast. He can do everything fast. He can vibrate and do all these super speed things. The things we know from the comic books. Actually, the things I've 
heard about from the comic books. I've never read The Flash or Arrow or most of the DC comics. I followed Batman a little bit in the 80s and read a few Superman comics, but I never really followed uh, anybody from DC. So it's kind of a neat experience for me, actually, watching Arrow and The Flash. And, you know, I'm sure that the, the DC people that, that like DC comics are just, you know, geeking out about all oh, this, this reference and that reference. And, oh, this uh, supervillain is going to be on the next show and all these things. Uh, but for me, it's kind of neat because I don't know any of these characters. I don't know, you know, what's happening and I don't know what's different between the comics and the TV show and, and what they've changed and stuff. It's just a fun ride for me to watch these shows because I don't know anything and I don't have to know anything. Sometimes knowing too much is is a burden. You know, everything with Marvel, I know the comic books from reading Marvel comic books when I was a kid and older into, you know, even into college, I was reading uh, Marvel comic books. So I know all the, the X-Men history. I know all the Avengers history and Spider-Man and all these things. Fantastic Four. And so in some ways, you know, there's there's always that comparison between the comics and the movies. I'm kind of getting away from that because I'm, I'm used to the movies being there now. So they just became, kind of become their own thing as far as the, the Marvel movies. So I, I don't do the comparison too much anymore, but it's always there. I'm always saying, well, in the comic books, or thinking in my mind, in the comic books, it's like this. I remember my wife and I, um, we both watched uh, the TV show uh, Incredible Hulk with you know Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno and, and all that, you know, growing up. And... Uh, <laughs> One time we were in a building together where there was a piano and she started playing the piano and she was playing the Incredible Hulk theme. And we were dating at the time and I said to myself, well, now I know that she's the one. She knows how to play the Incredible Hulk theme on the piano. She's got to be the one for me. <laughs> uh, there, I'm sure there were a few other things as well. but uh, So anyway, but my wife and I would, would argue. She'd be like, it's David Banner. The Hulk's alter ego is David Banner. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Bruce Banner. And I didn't realize that it was, that he was David Banner in the TV show, that Bill Bigsby was David Banner. Uh, and so we argued about that. I'm like, Kelly, I know. I read comic books. I know it's Bruce Banner. You don't know what you're talking about. She's like, no, it's David Banner. Back and forth. I mean, not, you know, where we kind of blows or anything. We would just argue about that and get frustrated until, so we ended up watching The Incredible Hulk. I don't know, I think I had an old videotape of the first episode or something. We watched it, and yeah, I had, I didn't know that he was called David in the TV show until then. But actually, it's David Bruce Banner, if you, because he goes, everybody thinks he's dead, and he goes to visit his own grave. And it says David Bruce Banner. So that's inter that's an interesting little thing. But anyway, those kinds of things, I always know the way it was in the comics. And if it's different, I know it's different. You know, most of the time, I don't care that it's different because I realize it's a different format, a different media as a movie or even a TV show, I guess. But with, like I was saying, with Flash and with Arrow, I don't... I don't need to worry about all that stuff. It's new to me, and it's kind of cool to learn about Captain Cold and, you know, these these other characters that surround him, that he has this rogues gallery. I mean, I didn't know any of this, and so I learn it. And I even try not to read too much on the Internet, you know, when they say, oh, this is going on and this is going on, and this is how it is in the comic books. I just kind of stay away from that. I, I glean a little bit from it, but not, not a lot. I, I just kind of like having that fresh perspective. It's kind of, uh, refreshing for me to have that. So I've, I've enjoyed, uh, keeping up with these shows. So let's see what else about the flash. Uh, so yeah, he wakes up with this coma and he has all these powers and another doctor, Dr. Wells, who runs star labs and who you know was responsible for the collider and everybody, 
is angry at him because of the accident and they blame him for all the damage that was done. Uh, but him, and then there's a couple young uh, scientists that work with him. There's Cisco. Oh my goodness. Why can't I remember her name? I can see her plain as day. I kind of want to bury to hook up with her. But uh, I can't think of her name, actually, right now. That doesn't say that she's not a good character. It's just I don't remember her name. Uh, maybe it'll come to me like uh, Henry did for forever. Anyway, so he teams up with them. They all know he's the Flash. And they Cisco's kind of this uh, super inventor, invents all these different things. And so he, you know, comes up with the costume for the Flash. And he comes up with, you know, a lot of the doodads that uh, help solve everything in the different episodes. And it's kind of funny because, you know, he comes up with the names for the bad people. So uh, I'm getting ahead of myself again. He, uh, so this explosion at the, from the super collider, not only did it change Alan, Barry Allen into the Flash, it changed a lot of other people too, and they have these superpowers, and they're they're they call them metahumans. <laughs> so it's always interesting to see what they come up with uh, for that. Um, you know, we have metahumans now. Agents of Shield has. I'm getting ahead of myself. Agents of Shield has Inhumans, and then you know, there's been other shows that have alphas and those types of things. But on the, on the Flash show, they're called metahumans. They're not mutants. They're not anything else. They're metahumans. And so for a while there, you know, there was kind of like a metahuman a week kind of thing where they would somebody else would show up with powers and the Flash would have to go solve that. But eventually, uh, there came to be kind of a mythos and, and things going on that uh, built upon each other. Barry's still obsessed with this idea that he wants to uh, prove his father's innocence, that he didn't kill his mother, and he, he's, he wants to find who did kill her. And it's it's interesting because I didn't realize it until I think I, I saw it somewhere, but uh, I, Barry's father looked really, really familiar. I'm like, man, I know that guy from somewhere. And I, I couldn't figure it out, and then I think... I read it somewhere that he, that the actor that plays Barry's father was the Flash in the 90s uh, TV show of The Flash. Remember that one with the suit that looked kind of goofy? But uh, I, I remember watching that show. I didn't I didn't catch all of them, but I, I kind of liked that old 90s uh, Flash TV show. And uh, but that's who he was. He was the Flash in the '90s show. So now he's the Flash's father uh, in the in this one, and that's that's awesome. That's really cool that they would do that, and that he'd be part of the show in a, in a pretty substantial way, I think. Um, so anyway, Joe knows he's the Flash. Eventually, everybody at Star Labs, or at least the three people at Star Labs, knows he's the Flash. But of course, Iris doesn't know he's the Flash. And they keep that going for most of the season where he has to hide his true identity uh, from Iris. And she's obsessed with the Flash for a while and then she's not. And uh, she was the character that that really needed more development. Um, She's kind of like the Thea, I guess, of this show. Getting ahead of myself again. So what else can I say about The Flash? It's a really good show. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't take itself as seriously as the Arrow does. You know, it's not so dark and grim and motivated. And, you know, there, there's parts to it that are, but a lot of it's just kind of fun stuff. And the, the really cool thing in the whole show, and I don't think it's a spoiler, but anyway, I will go so far as to say that uh, Dr. Oh, I forgot his name again. That Dr. Wells isn't necessarily who he portrays that he is. And it does kind of reveal that early on in the show where he had, he, you know, he's in a wheelchair because of the the accident at the collider. Um, But you learn pretty on early in the season that 
he can actually walk. And he has a secret room that he goes to. And eventually, we learn more and more about Dr. Wells and his involvement with everything. And it's really cool, and I really recommend that you go see it if you haven't seen it yet. Because that stuff, especially towards the end of the season, gets really, really cool. And I like how they do, I like how they bring a lot of these characters out. You know, one of the characters that he goes against is is Grod, or Grood, I think it's Grod, who's this uh, telepathic super ape that the military did experiments on. And apparently he's a big deal in the comics, and it's everybody was kind of wigging out that they were actually going to go so far as to make, you know, Grodd a character to bring him onto the show. And I thought they did a really good job. I thought it was really cool. And everything with Dr. Wells and uh, everything with Barry learning more and more about his mother. And then there's this reverse Flash who has the same powers, but he's faster. And you learn more about that and who he is and and stuff. And uh, there's just a lot of good, good, fun stuff about the Flash. I could probably go on and talk about more specifics. But I think that's good enough. I liked the show. Can you tell? It was really good. Um, Arrow, on the other hand, was kind of disappointing to me this season. I really didn't buy into it. Um, when In the middle, I think, maybe at the beginning of season two of Arrow, I had heard really good things about the show. And so my wife and I went back on Netflix and we watched season one. And then we were recording season two so that when season one ended, we could just go right into our DVR recordings of season two of Arrow. Season one was really good. Um, you know, there was there was some, some things that, you know, they needed to lay the groundwork. They needed to get the relationships uh, worked out. and But it was a really fun show. Uh, one of the things that was shocking, though, to me was that the Arrow was actually killing people. He was shooting people with arrows and they were dead. That was kind of surprising to me that that they would do that. You know, even Batman doesn't kill. So uh, that was an interesting direction that they took the character. And again, I've never read any Green Arrow comic books. I know there's a character named Green Arrow, but that's it. I've never read his comic books. Um, I know more about Green Lantern than I do about Green Arrow. So it's been fun, kind of fun to learn uh, about that. And they, you know, they do this flashback thing where they show him when he's trapped on the island five years ago, and then they show him in Starling City or Star Starling City. Yeah. So he's there and, and doing his own thing, and then they have these flashbacks to how it was when he was trapped on the island as just a, a punk kid, and kind of explain how he becomes. The Green Arrow, how he learns his skills, how he, what he has to go through on the island. And it's really intriguing. I really enjoyed season one. Uh, season two, I think, was better than season one. It was really, really good. Everything tied together. Everything was really um, tight, I guess. The storytelling was really good and rich. And the relationships that were forming... Um, in the present and the past and how they came together with Slade Wilson. And, uh, you know, there was kind of some revealing stuff there in season two. And I thought it was really good. Um, so I was just totally excited for season three. And while it was good and while I enjoyed watching it, in a lot of ways it was frustrating because it just seemed weird. Um, it just seemed uneven. There wasn't really a consistency in the way that Oliver Queen reacted to situations. He just seemed to really be back and forth. And, you know, one episode, he'd be just totally, you know, uh, obsessed with something or reacting negative to everybody and just going off and isolating himself. And then the next episode, he's all trying to bring everybody together. And, he, you know, he's trying to do what's right and everything. And then 
you know, a couple episodes later, he's totally different. And it kind of came together at the end of the season, um, where everything was going on with Ra's al Ghul. And so the, the second, the, the last part of the, of the season worked pretty well. But as a, as a, as if you look at the complete season, it was really kind of a strange one of the things I didn't like, you know, they have, he has several people that help him, right? There's uh, Felicia, not Felicia, what's her name? There's Felicity, who's a love interest and, you know, somebody that, that, is a, that has the hacking skills and the, the necessary things to, to keep them on task and to give them information that they need. There's Joe Diggle, who started out as, as his bodyguard in season one but becomes his partner and helper and doing things as the arrow. Um, there's uh, Roy and who eventually becomes uh, Arsenal, I guess is what they call him in the comics. Uh, but he's kind of like the, the red arrow, right? He's kind of the junior companion, uh, the sidekick of green arrow. And so he comes on, and, and he's doing things. And then there's Black Canary. And she's really cool. I like her. The Sarah, who has... There's a whole backstory. I won't get into all of it. But, uh, you know, he had a girlfriend before he went on this boat trip when he got stuck on the island. But then he was cheating on his girlfriend, Laurel, with her sister, who was Sarah, on the boat. And he thought Sarah was dead. And... You know, there's this whole thing with, um, you know, when he comes back that Laurel doesn't know how to feel. She's mad at him. She hates him, but she also loves him. And um, there's uh, her father, who's the captain of the police. Well, I think first he's just an officer, but later on he becomes the captain of the police force. And uh, he's Laurel and Sarah's father. And he has a lot of issues with Oliver and with the Green Arrow. And, you know, it all all these things are going on throughout season one and two and, and now season three. But anyway, so Sarah is, is the black canary. You know, she's, she had her own things that happened to her, um, after they, uh, after the boat was capsized, she didn't end up on the Island at first. She ended up going to a ship, went through a lot of hard things and actually became a uh, part of the league of assassins and just been through a lot. And so she becomes the Black Canary and kind of has the same, you know, vengeance kind of thing. Um, so she's on the show, but early in the season, she gets killed. One of the best characters, one of his allies, an intriguing part of the show, and she gets killed. And so the myst- most of the mystery of the third season is finding out who killed Sarah, who killed Black Canary... And then when they find out, you know, trying to deal with all the ramifications of that. And at the end of season two, um, Thea found out that she was uh, the da- actually the daughter. Thea is uh, Oliver's sister. And he finds she finds out that she's the daughter. Sorry, I'm going into more detail. I'm probably giving you too many spoilers. Anyway, there's things going on with Thea. Let me just go with that. Um, yeah, I kind of stopped myself there, didn't I? I was on a roll, and then I stopped myself. Uh, but anyway, so Sarah was killed, and then they have to deal with the, they have to figure out who did it, and then once they know, then there's all kinds of ramifications, and then there's stuff going on with the League of Assassins and Ra's al Ghul, and like I said, that comes together pretty well at the end of the season, uh, but it's kind of a hard road to get there. Um, the other character that I have never liked, <laughs> and I, I've tried to like her, and I've tried to, you know, say, okay, maybe it's just her as an actress I don't like, but the character's kind of cool. But nope, I don't like Laurel. I don't think they write her character very well. I don't really care for the acting of her. But she just kind of, you know, struts around and gives these severe looks and, you know, sticks her chest out. So you can see how proud she is of her chest. And I don't know. I don't, I, she's not a very good actress. Sorry, Laurel. 
or whatever your real name is. I don't, I don't mean to be mean, but uh, maybe it's the writing. Maybe it's just the writing. I don't know. But I've never liked her. I've never liked her character. Well, she ends up becoming, starting to become Black Canary to replace her sister. And she just looks, she doesn't do it. She doesn't pull it off. I, I don't like her as anything. <laughs> I don't like her as just normal. And I don't like her as the Black Canary for sure. Because she just, there's no way that she has any fighting skills. Even though she trained with a boxer kind of thing. So anyway, that's, that's the, I've never liked Laurel. But I can overlook a character that I don't like if, you know, everything else is pulling together. But season three, yeah, it was it was a hard season. After season two was so strong, and then season three was kind of disappointing until towards the end of it. Uh, but what I had, what I did like about the show was that they brought in this other character. Is it Jim Palmer? Palmer is his last name. And again, I don't know any, anything about DC Comics. Well, apparently in DC Comics... He's the Atom. And I've heard that name before. I think I've seen the costume on a comic book or somewhere. So I know that there is a character named the Atom, but I know nothing about him. But anyway, early in the season, he uh, takes over Queen Consolidated and it becomes Palmer Industries or something like that. Uh, but you kind of see him evolve and he's he's uh, his wife was killed or something like that. And so he's out for justice, too. And but him, he's building his super suit and is trying to perfect that and doing experiments on it and stuff. And Felicity ends up helping him and kind of getting romantically involved with him. It's kind of a triangle there, which is okay. I mean, that's that's good to see that kind of thing, I guess. Different, uh, different relationships for different people. And but I liked him, it's Brandon Ruth is the uh plays the character and he, he plays him really well i really like him you know i really liked him as clark kent in superman returns uh, the movie didn't do well but as i've said before on this podcast i kind of liked superman returns and what it was trying to do and i liked brandon ruth as superman and clark kent he just needed to brighten up his costume a little bit but um i liked him when he was on chuck I thought that he did really well in that show as well. He's he's just kind of a likable character. And he, he kind of plays up the, I don't know what you call it, just kind of the Clark Kent kind of, you know, uh, accident-prone goofball character. But behind it, he's actually very smart as well. And maybe not as street smart as, like, the Arrow. But uh, he, has, he has good intentions, and he makes mistakes. But that's kind of cool. I like that he, he makes mistakes. He's not the best he is at what he does yet. Uh, he eventually does get his super suit to work. And, you know, it's kind of like Iron Man, right? But it's it's DC. Um, and apparently he has shrinking powers as well. So he's kind of like Ant-Man and, and Iron Man rolled into one, <laughs> to put it in Marvel terms, I guess. Um, so I guess that's going to go on next year. Uh, but I liked him as a character. I liked his development. I, th I liked that they took the time to develop him over the entire season. I think that was well. That was handled really well. And they, they're doing a good job. Warner Brothers is doing a really good job with these TV shows of introducing characters, of interaction between Flash and the Arrow. The only Toward the end of both seasons, they had a little cameo. Like, I mean, there were other interactions, throughout the season but in the last few episodes there was a cameo by arrow on flash and there was a cameo by flash on in the on the arrow series and those instances at the end of the seasons were a little bit forced to have those characters show up in their shows earlier in the season they show up in each other's shows and it works and felicity's gone back and forth between central city and starling city so anyway, there, there's my take on Arrow. I enjoyed it. I liked a lot of the elements of it. Um, but it was kind of a mixed bag as far as the third season goes. But I heartily recommend going back and watching all of the Arrow from the beginning if you haven't had the opportunity to do that. 
It's really good. Next year, I guess they're coming out with another show where um, it's kind of kind of going to be like a team up type of show where you'll have the Adam Arrow and Flash will probably show up from now and then. Um, there's going to be Hawk Girl, I guess, on that show, and I guess Sarah is coming back as Black Canary, which is odd. Or maybe she's coming back as a different character. I don't know. Maybe she went into the uh, Lazarus pool or something. I don't know. But that's going to be a whole different show. So there's going to be three Warner Brothers DC superhero shows next year. What are they calling it? Heroes of Tomorrow or something like that? So that'll be interesting. Uh, But then again, it's just one more show to keep up with. One more show to watch. And so... (laughs) The list keeps growing, and uh, eventually I have to cut. That's why probably why I didn't end up watching much of Gotham at towards the end, because there were just other shows to catch up with. Oh, we're almost at an hour. Should I do one more show? Let's see how many. Let's see. I talked about Castle. Talked about Arrow. Oh, Person of Interest is another show that we watch. We've kept up with it from the beginning. And I, I kind of like it. You know, I'm into the characters. I think they do a good job. Sometimes it's a little bit hokey or a little bit forced. But I, I like the I like Michael Emerson. You know, since the days of Lost, I, he's he's an interesting actor to me. Um, and, you know, I, I've just grown to enjoy the characters. I wish, oh, I can't even pronounce her name. She's in a lot of things. She's in that show Empire now. I think that's why she quit the show. But she's been in a lot of things. Uh, I'll have to look it up, but I'm driving, so I can't. But anyway, there was uh, not Agent Carter. (laughs) It's going into a different show, but uh, I should talk about that, too. Um, Anyway, she was a cop, and uh, her and Lionel were partners and uh, she left the show after, I don't know, what season is it on? Is this the fifth season or the fourth season? But anyway, I, I, I wish she was still on the show because she was really good. I liked her character. I liked her acting. I liked her interaction with uh, Mr. Reese. And uh, it's a good show. It's fun. And there's the, you know, the AI um, helping them. And now there's this evil AI that, that's against them and the other machine. And uh, it's a really cool, uh, at the end, there's a really cool uh, segment where they go to save the, the first AI from being destroyed. And as it's dying or talking, and it's, uh, it starts to play Pink Floyd's The Machine. And uh, it was pretty cool. I was like, yeah, there you go. That was a good, that, that was pretty cool the way they did that. And uh, so that's a good show. It keeps keeps us going. It's, I don't know, for some reason, though, it's a show that we, we need to watch first. Because if we get on and there's several shows that we need to watch throughout the week, you know, we'll watch like an Arrow or a Flash, and then we'll watch Person of Interest. But it's usually later at night when we watch Person of Interest, and sometimes we end up falling asleep. Not because it's a bad show; it's just kind of slower moving, sometimes, and, and not not as uh, flashy, I guess, as Flash or something like that. Uh, but I, I did mention Agent Carter, so I should talk about Agent Carter and Agents of Shield. I enjoyed Agents of Shield this season. I thought they did a really good job. Um, it it wasn't it was a fun show to watch and to see develop. A lot of people complained about the show on its first season last year. And while I understood the criticism and I understood that, yeah, sometimes it seems like they're kind of holding off and waiting. And, of course, they were waiting for uh, Winter Soldier to come out. And then everything took off in a totally different direction. And that was really cool. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been really good this year. They brought in... Uh, Bobby Morse, who of course is Mockingbird, you know, was was one of the Avengers in the comics and uh, has been an agent of Shield and has a very interesting history. I remember she was part of the West Coast Avengers when they used to have the West Coast Avengers, and her and Hawkeye were married, 
he led the West Coast Avengers, but she was there helping him lead and everything. And I, I enjoyed that comic quite a bit. So I kind of got to know her history and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. I do that to myself so that I'll stop saying whatnot, but it's, I don't know, it's one of those things. So anyway, she's on the show. Of course, she's different than she is in the comics. She kind of has to be. But she's cool. I like her character. I like the actress. Can't think of her name. There's a lot of cool, you know, a lot of the people that they brought in added a lot to the show. Really upset that one of the one of the characters that was brought on the show at the end of the last season and then was part of this season that that character was killed. I was totally bummer. I thought he was a really good character. So that kind of bummed me out. Um, but yeah, everybody, everybody that they brought on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just added so much to the show and added everything to it. And Ward being the bad guy and watching all that develop it was really cool. Um, battling Hydra was cool. They had the the secret S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, another another group that said that they were the S.H.I.E.L.D. that should be um, taking over after everything happened in Winter Soldier and so there was that going on and there was the Inhuman stuff that was going on we found out and I'm, I don't care it's a spoiler if you don't want to know it stop listening but we learned that, that Sky is actually an Inhuman and that she she now has superpowers and she gets introduced to this whole world of these other Inhumans and what they're all about and she's kind of trapped in the middle. She feels like she's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but she also feels tied to these the Inhumans, who's actually part of her family. Her mother is the leader of the Inhumans. Again, sorry for the spoilers, but there you go. And that all comes to a head at the end of the of the season, and it comes together really, really good. I mean, there's, there's so much going on there that's, that's good. I just really enjoyed... I enjoy watching that show. Um, some, my wife sometimes finds it kind of boring. And I guess maybe she's just not into it because she wasn't into the comic books as much. And she's probably, you know, somebody that's looking for more of an Avengers type thing out of the show where I'm more, I just like what I'm seeing. You know, I like, the, I like Agent Coulson and following him and the rest of these characters. Um, I like what they did with, uh, Fitz and Simmons and those characters Gemma I like Gemma <laughs> she's a good actress and, and uh, I don't know I just like like her as well and uh, can't think of his name anyway Fitz I really like him and his acting I like, you know, Patrick Oswald showing up in there as this, uh, haven't quite figured out what his deal is, whether he's a series of robots or, you know, some, something's going on with him. But he's, he's kind of fun. He's kind of like the custodian of all these uh, super hideouts or whatever for that uh, Nick Fury had as Cage. So anyway, I, I, I liked everything that, that happened with agents of shield this season and they had a little bit of a tie-in with avengers age of ultron but it was small enough that it didn't derail anything that they were doing they were in control of their own season they weren't waiting for age of ultron to come out before they could unveil what was going to happen it just all kind of turned out pretty well so i again endorse agents of shield the last show that i'm going to talk about is uh Agent Carter, which was, was it a six episode or an eight episode? Anyway, in the hiatus, winter hiatus, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., between the first part of the season and the end part of the season, they played Agent Carter. And, of course, Agent Carter, if you don't remember, is uh, was Captain America. Well, she was a member of the military uh, where Steve Rogers was, was trained. And when he became Captain America... And they had a relationship. She was his girlfriend. But she was, of course, much more than just Captain America's girlfriend. 
but it's interesting. It was so interesting to see her fight that as as Agent Carter. You know, she she was you know living in the late forties, early fifties when you know women weren't respected in the workplace as much, and she was just. You know, they just kind of treated her as the person there to take notes and to get coffee, and they didn't really listen to her opinion. And she, you know, she was fighting that, and it was interesting to see how she did that. But she was also fighting this stigma of, well, the only reason she's here is because she was Captain America's girlfriend. And there's some direct comments that pretty much come out and say that that's what they're thinking. So she's fighting against that, and she gets involved with. Um, intrigue around Tony Stark um, you know his inventions have been stolen and they're blaming him and he gets her involved and uh, she meets up with one of his uh, assistants named Jarvis this is where Jarvis comes from and so th- there's a lot of interaction between her and Jarvis and a little bit from Howard Stark but he kind of comes in and out a little bit um, but it's all her what she's doing and so she's kind of a double agent within the the government agency that she's in um she's kind of working her own thing uh, not really against these guys but also not with them <laughs> and so you get to meet some of these other agents that she works with and it's it was a really good show i thought they pulled it off really well you know it's a period piece so you know it's back in the 40s it, they they did that really well. I, I just thought uh, it was fun. It was a good show. A lot of a lot of intrigue, a lot of action. You, know, you could just see how much she struggled and how much she had to fight against. But she she continued to, to go for it. She continued to, to fight against it. And you know she was smarter than a lot of the guys that she was working with. And she was you know had more initiative and more. I don't want to say gumption because that sounds very uh, sexist. But anyway, she 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 was willing to do what it took to get things done. Uh, and that was fun. One of my favorite episodes was when they ended up going on a mission with the Howling Commandos, which were the people that fought with Captain America. And these government agents that she's working with see her in a totally different light. These guys revere the Howling Commandos and how great they were. And she's just there joking with them and talking with them. And the Howling Commandos, you know, show her a lot of respect and, you know, treat her as an equal with them. And it kind of makes these agents that she's working with kind of think, oh, wow, there's more to Agent Carter than we thought. And uh, there's there was a lot of really good moments. They didn't really, you know, rely on on uh, Captain America too much you know she had flashbacks where she remembered Steve Rogers and there was one uh, there was scenes in there where she, there, um, one of the things that Howard Stark had was a vial of, of Steve Rogers blood um, possibly to make another super soldier serum and she protected that and she, you know because of her her love of Steve and didn't want his blood to be used in the wrong hands and that kind of thing. There was another uh, female agent from Russia um, that was, you know, trained to be a, a super spy. And there was this other Russian guy who could kind of uh, hypnotize people or bend them to his will. Uh, not a really a superpower, but more just a mental ability to do that. And that was pretty cool. Um, there was a connection there between Black Widow. Because I think the the super Russian agent lady uh, was part of the Black Widow program or whatever. Because, you know, Black Widow comes from Russia and she was trained in this program and whatever. So there was a connection there, which was pretty cool. I guess maybe I should talk about Age of Ultron at some point. Maybe the next time I'm taking a drive or something. But anyway, um, that's probably good enough for now. Those are, I think... Almost all of those shows that I talked to were about superheroes. Uh, there's Person of Interest and Forever, which weren't superhero movies that I, or TV shows that I talked about. <laughs> so I watched a lot of superhero shows this year. Anyway, it's been fun. I hope you 
have a good day or a good evening or whatever. And I'll come back around sometime and and we'll uh, see what else here is strewn along the path. Strewn Along the Path is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share it, but do not change it or sell it. The theme music, as always, is brought to you by Man in Space.